back to another episode of the Heart Square podcast. In this podcast, we speak to Chris and Reese, Head of Technology and Services here at Heart Square, and we talk to them all about what does an ideal partner selection look like. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. They're, um, so the role that the guys have is all about, uh, you know, managing our <coughs> managing our projects, overseeing our projects, but our knowledge and, you know, ensuring, particularly in um, partner selections, ensuring clients get the best possible outcome. So they put a lot of work into it. It's a very well thought out process, um, you know, very structured steps, uh, all, all intended to make sure that the, the, part, the client makes a really good choice at the end of it. Um, so yeah, hearing what they've got to say about kind of what an ideal selection process looks like, bearing in mind they oversee a lot of them, uh, yeah, should be really insightful actually, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely, they've got, they're in the position to have that really good perspective from the client, from the partner as well, so yeah, it'll be really, really interesting in this one. So we'll get straight into the episode, so if you do enjoy it, do let us know by leaving us a review and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our latest episodes. Hi, welcome back to another episode of the Heart Square podcast. This week we are joined by Reese and Chris um, from Heart Square, and we are going to be talking about what does an ideal partner selection process look like. But before we get started, um, Reese and Chris, I wondered if you could introduce yourself um, and tell us a bit about your role here at Heart Square. If I could start with Reese, please. Hi, Ellie. Uh, yes. Uh, Reese, Head of Technology and Services at HeartSquare. So uh, myself and Chris have the same role uh, and, and the same same duties. We share we share the work equally and fairly. I'd like to think. Um, so um, we're responsible for making sure that our, our methodology is, is as good as it should be. That our practice, um, the people in our practice, all um, are all contributing to it and, and learning from it and it's uh, we're learning from from the work we do across all the, the different clients um we're also uh, responsible for, for engaging with the market and making sure that our, uh that we bring the the best kind of products services people um to to the attention of our clients when they when they want to work with somebody uh, effectively um i'll stop there and let chris explain a little bit <laughs> as well so, yep. Hi, I'm uh, Chris Gilbert. As, uh, as Reese has said, um, we, we are both uh, head of technology and services. I think the other side of um, the, the kind of perspective around partner selections, particularly for both of us, is that we are both from a background where we've delivered them for HeartSquare. We've delivered a, a large number of them. So we've kind of lived through the various kind of stages of, of doing those and developing them and seeing them developed, um, you know, by the people. And we're still involved in sponsoring um, many of our, our team and, and, and being directly involved in the process itself, plus hearing back from clients, um, our, our team and also the tech partners that have been engaging. So we kind of really do get a full view of what's working, what's not, what we could refine and improve on. So, um, yeah, looking forward to, to talking about that a bit more. Thanks, Chris. So, uh, yeah, or both of you, thanks. Um, yeah, so the ideal part section, I think I carry some of the same scars that you do in terms of the, the work we've done on these over the years um but equally we've had our successes you know as, as and yeah, routinely we do succeed at it it's, which is great and i suppose you know as with a lot of the work that we do one of the key one of the key tenets we have actually is that the preparation is key the planning is key so it feels to me like that's a good place to start really to get your impression of you know how you how a client how a partner how everybody involved um how how 
what they should be do in, doing in that kind of preparation period to enable themselves to achieve a, an ideal selection. So, um, Chris, do you want to take that one to start with? I'll, I'll give it a go. Um, I, I mean, I think I think that the first part is really the appreciation of time. I would say I think that's one of the things that underpins everything. I think we we work with a lot of clients where they they get to the point of deciding they want to do a, a partner selection and then think okay right and you know maybe we also have a deadline that we need to hit and how can we squeeze the process in to that time frame and, and very often that doesn't work and it doesn't get the best out of anybody um, through the process so the prep I think is is largely making sure that the the panel of people that are involved are able to give the time to it and, and able to ensure that it's you know equitable is a, a word that I you know, probably overuse a lot of the time but in terms of making sure that you know every partner is treated the same that's engaged every person that's on the panel spends the same amount of time reviewing there are no kind of favorites and dropping in and out um, and I think that I think under just the appreciation of that um, is it goes a long way then to understand why all of the following sort of steps in the process need to be there and why there needs to be breathing space for everybody um, in between those. I think that's that's one of the key starting points um, to kind of understand. And and I, I I think really where probably where Reese and I kind of come from in 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 past examples of where we work with clients that are are kind of desperate to to go through the process um, and have almost got to that point sometimes in a it's taken them longer to get to the point of realizing that they want to start a partner selection and therefore there's there's an intention that they want to really get on and go with it very very quickly and and underappreciate the amount of work that's required to to ensure I mean as we alluded to before you know that, that they're looking at the right partners that they're not just you know we, we, we don't we don't recommend going to you know seven or eight different partners all at the same time throwing them a load of information and and then sort of over a period of of weeks kind of you know siphoning those out and filtering those out to to be then a final four or then a final three and a final two you know that that doesn't show in in our experience that that anybody gets a good good um kind of process um out the at the back of that so yeah i don't know about you reese in terms of your your thoughts on it I, I, you know, I know I'd agree with with all of that, and I think yeah, I think by going through the process a lot, you kind of come out with a uh, a kind of real appreciation for you know the elements that are are going to work. I think in the in terms of the way that it the process is entered into, I think it's important that it there's the right um, kind of spirit to it and the right outlook from from the from an early point. Because um, I think one of the, the hardest things to balance is having uh, an organization that's got a pretty clear idea of, of what it wants to do and why it wants to do it and what the purpose is and you know, really how it fits into the organization and how it's going to, to change it um, and to balance that against the um, the open-mindedness that exactly how it's going to look like and and what they are going to be shown through the process and the, the experience that they're going to have in you know, talking to lots of different people who are all very capable of doing doing things that would really kind of move them forward um, and not being fixated on a particular vision of what it's going to look like or what they're going to be like. I think being open to be swayed and, and really listen to, to to some of the conversations that are going to happen and reflecting on it. It's, it's, it's that kind of open-mindedness 
<laughs> with the very certainty about but bottom line what does it need to deliver there is a really tricky balance i think for, for, for a lot of people um because uh because yeah no it's it's um you know if if the a lot of the processes were about you know we have this very kind of nailed down specific thing that we're aiming for and that's exactly what we want to find we wouldn't need to do half the steps within the process it would be a lot quicker a lot simpler you would just say bang 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 can you do this very rigid list of things um and, and that would be the end of it but it's it's you know it's kind of the journey and it's it's, it's meant i often try and emphasize in uh the kickoffs, which would be the first thing that we do, to say, you know, it's it's a it's a learning experience. You know, it's for it's for a set of partners to learn about you, what you're like, how what you want, how, how you interact with them, what your expectations are, and for you to learn about them, you know, and and who you decide to go with in the end. You you will bring in things that you've learned from the people who weren't selected because they'll still show you things that there are worth worth bearing in mind so um so yeah i know it's 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 having the right mindset i think when you when you kind of come to it that's that's a big factor as to whether you you know it'll be a a positive process or or a frustrating process i think and and i think is that that last point you were making was what kind of triggered me thinking as well that some of the experiences i think certainly i know we've talked about this a lot as as you know various kind of projects have been gone but where clients maybe have got into this mindset of well, anyone bidding for the work is desperate for the work. And in a sense, whatever we do and however we do it, you know, they'll be they'll be desperate for that. And, and it's more about them benefiting from us involving them. But but it is such a it is such a two way process. And I think that idea of appreciating that and understanding, you know, that there's a responsibility as a client for you to be a good a good partner in that overall process as well as the tech partner also engaging in it i think if if people can get their heads around that 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 adds immensely to what you're going to get out of it if it's very one-sided in that expectation that it's all it's all about us it it, it generally ends up kind of blowing up at some stage through the process it doesn't doesn't really fit yeah and i think that's a really good point um and obviously you've naturally talked about kind of our preparation and planning that the client should do but i know you also spend time with the partners don't you you know briefing them and, and getting them up to speed and making sure they prep because we know that they do you know they do take the opportunity seriously they are keen to to win projects because they're keen to help the sector and i guess that leads us into that first kind of coming together then of all the parties in the room so the next the first key stage almost being then um the the meetings that we include within the process uh, so yeah, I mean meetings well, used to be all in person. Nowadays, starting to move back a little bit towards that, but obviously having run hybrid for for eighteen months or so, an interesting time to be talking about it. But again, same kind of thing. You know, what kind of how do you actually in either of those environments ensure that the meetings are successful in terms of achieving the outcomes that you're looking for, i.e., that information exchange and that understanding of of each other's kind of method of working, I suppose, as well. Yeah, I think um, I mean one of the in a, in our perfect project, uh, one of the things we would definitely have is that everybody would have a completely empty calendar with no prior commitments, um, and they would be absolutely clear that that this project is more important than anything that they could be asked for in in that period. And I think that would uh, that would make life easier. Um, I mean, in, in truth, we we end up somewhere in the middle where we we try and accommodate and set out a really clear calendar up front and, and get everything locked in and that just 
cut to my older all the kind of diary noise but um in terms of preparation for those those meetings uh, and those initial engagements so we often have that kind of initial engagement you know often referred to as the chemistry meeting where you know we will um have met the uh, the organizations meet for the first time and yeah we do have you know the kind of conversations with the clients to make sure they've got a, a good clear expectation of um, of how much they would, would expect to be talking and how much they would expect to be listening. So we are saying that we, we do expect you to come to that meeting and be able to describe what the purpose of the project is. You know, why, why are you doing this? Why are you committing time to this? Why are you willing to spend your kind of trustees, your donations, your members? And why, why are you committing money to this, this, this venture and need to be clear about that? Um, and then we are, yeah, we are, uh, or our consultants as well are, are speaking to the partners to, to give them the benefit of what we've learned through the, um, the process we've been, which is normally a kind of business analysis requirements gathering phase that we've put together in a tender document that started to explain the context of the of the project, but then bringing that to life and and, and you know talking to to the different partners to say this is this is, these are some of the things that, that you could talk about. You know, you really need to go in there and, and find out what you need to know from that meeting to understand all about this client, to get inside their world, to really kind of start to understand where where they are and what they're doing and how they're trying to do it matches who you are, what, whatever great piece of technology you've got in the kit and what you've learned that will that will help them understand how you're going to work together. Because that, you know, the, the initial meeting is quite a, um, it's a real, uh, I suppose expectation and um, relationship setting meeting it can really kind of make or break it regardless of all the the kind of the detail that will follow the tone and the and the interactions and the nature of that conversation um, a great one is is one where there's a really good balance of who's talking uh, and and both sides are, are are genuinely inquisitive I think I find that's those are the ones that I I really appreciate and enjoy and I think you can I think you can also kind of set set a set your stall out I think sometimes in in those meetings if you're not careful both as a client and a and a tech partner where you end up taking a particular position to open that meeting up and then you've almost kind of locked it down as being this is the way the meeting's going to go you know if that's if you start off being very very much kind of Q&A style almost with um you know as a, as a tech partner with the with the client and and you know the client then almost kind of you almost default into these positions of saying okay well, you're, you're here just to ask me questions I'm here to give you answers versus we're talking more broadly we're, we're actually having a com- more of a conversation and it's not necessarily that those are right or wrong but I think it, I suppose it's just whether you know there's a lot of room reading and I think doing that remotely is it, I don't think it's necessarily more difficult in in the general sense I mean I think the technology is good enough that you can still see you know if you've got everyone on camera is, is a critical point of that but if you're making sure that you can read people's expressions or you know their whether you can see them flicking off to their emails and you know doing something else um, but it, it is a, it is a tough one then to make sure that you can as a as a tech partner I think spot that and and draw that back in and that's you know our role obviously is kind of critical in those situations to largely judge the dynamic and then try and bring people together again and say okay I okay, maybe maybe we're going to more detail or maybe actually just uh, there are a few things that we you know I, I think you've mentioned 
you know on either side the client or the partner that you 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 were kind of interested in knowing a bit more about um and kind of almost trying to keep them glued together through that process but it's i think the engagement meeting is a good starting point for that because there's almost intentionally not the structure there to to be making any firm decisions you know as a, as a client you're not going to go into that one meeting and go after the back of that i'm we're not choosing them or they're a front runner and we definitely want them but the demo is the point when then you've got more structure as another meeting to be able to say okay there is a plan to this there's an agenda there's a there's a real sense that um yeah the whole the whole process then has a place to go with discussions that get into more detail interesting so and yeah you've talked about kind of the engagement meetings and the demos <coughs> you know because they are the, the pieces that have come together there's a sense almost that i got in there that if we're looking at what does the perfect or the ideal partner selection process look like at this stage actually and, and correct me if i'm wrong but you could you could argue that as the people as the clients and partners start to meet it should be generating more questions than answers almost at this point is that fair or is that me extrapolating a bit too far do you think i, I don't know i mean i definitely get reese's opinion on this i, I think it's it's a difficult one because there's a there's a I think there's a kind of grey area in the middle. There's a very, very loose, almost no agenda to the point of rambling. Um, this could be described as how I'm talking now um, versus the kind of hyper prepared um, Reese's piece of paper. Um, that that <laughs> lists exactly what what you're going to cover. And I think there is a really nice point in the middle of that where there's there's some structure, there's some formality to it. There's some thought that's gone in beforehand. On, on certainly on the tech partner side, but I think it's it's difficult to 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 know when things are being steered, you know, almost to to one extreme or the other, and then and then you're losing, you know, you're kind of losing the will and the interest in the room, um, it, and and therefore it's also a really difficult one to try and both prep a client for and a tech partner to kind of say almost where where is that line? What is what is some some clients would really like you know a few slides and actually really engage with that others will say oh it turned us off completely and from that point on it just felt like it was a, a sales pitch so I don't know if you Reese. I mean sort of it certainly I know that we've you know we talk a lot about those ones probably more the ones that don't go so well than, than the ones that go swimmingly mm. but you know there's a lot that kind of comes out of the um the tech partner follow-ups I think that we hear that that's more around the idea of like did we did we get this right did we not we didn't feel the room was quite right but yeah no I think you you do get those that I think can read the room effectively and and act effectively off the back of that um and adapt adapt what they're saying and I think it's those that are generally more confident about about what their kind of proposition or their their kind of um well, they're kind of key areas of knowledge are and the things that they really want to talk about. I think in terms of that generating more questions than answers, I think the I think those where you get to the point where there's a back and forth about a particular subject, you know, if it's mm. a, I'm trying to think of an example, but, you know, a particular challenge they've had, whether it's membership structure, whether it's about the way they collect, integrate different data sources, and, you know, generally you've got a combination of, of, of fairly senior people in the room, but people who kind of have a, an idea of what the challenges are within the organisation. And they start talk, having a conversation about a particular topic and you get the feeling that they could go on for a while. 
that that there is there is a there is an ability to kind of relate and take that conversation to the next level that's there and all the only thing that's that's missing is kind of time and structure um i think when when you get that that's when you start you start seeing the possibilities because i think you know at the other end you you want that to be still happening in post this project two three years time that when when an organization realizes it has a challenger it wants to do something it goes and speaks to this person who they're meeting for the first time in the, in the chemistry uh, or set of people um and um and say look this is this is where we are can we can can we have a conversation about it and it's kind of the same thing starting again that's what where you're hoping to get to so i think just just being able to level with each other be able to talk about things without using technical language or acronyms you know be able to understand the business sense of of where what uh what's involved in a problem i think that's that's the the thing where you can see it you can see it really really working and i think that also translates into the demo because i think the demo is the bit where um quite often a some organizations can can make it very much about themselves and what they've got and what they want to show because it's they've got quite an established pattern to their demo when they make it about the organization what they want to see and how and and it becomes almost a bit workshoppy about well this is how we're to tackle this problem but we know that this isn't you know this may be a kind of 60 70 fit for you do you want to talk about where the difference lies they they become the demos where they really become um, very engaging and and quite absorbing for the for the people who attend. Well, you, I, I think also the, the kind of penny drop moment as well, which can I think come in the chemistry and and the demo for for various people on the panel is is that I think you know we we talk a huge amount about it being a you are choosing a partner you know partner selection you are choosing a partner you're not choosing a piece of tech, and I think that sometimes even in all the prep work that we that we do and we attempt to do to try and get people's head head's kind of in the right space around that sometimes it's only through the demo and that kind of realization that oh we're actually looking at you know maybe four partners that they can all do this they can all they can all do this and they all you know that they're all asking sensible questions but but as you say you know if if this is a group of people that we're going to be working with over the next you know it could be eight to ten years we need to really buy into who they are as a as a as a company and what they offer and how they work and whether we can live with the way that they do things and I think that that those two meetings then cover the kind of the non-technical and then the and then the technical and and hopefully start to pe- for people to think okay did, it's starting to kind of create a bit more of a a package of you know what they're after and what 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 matters to them ultimately in terms of who they're going to choose from there. Yeah, I think it's a good way of um, pulling it together, isn't it? Like you say, you've got to cover off the technical side, you know, function. You give so the partner gives the client confidence that technically the solution is up to it and their skill set is up to it. Hopefully, you've stimulated some good conversations about the challenges that the client is facing and how you might address that. And I guess to stay in in, in on topic, then the challenge back to the partner is then how do you then wrap that up? Because what you now need, you know, you've got maybe you've removed. Um, functionality and technology from the evaluation on the client side now they're going to start to assess the partnership piece so you know you've got a written response you've got presentation the client to assess that we're back you know we're still trying to seek we're chasing this ideal partner selection so how do those things come together when it comes to the final the response and evaluation piece I suppose one, one thing to to 
that I do hope that's happening at this point is that those exciting discussions have happened for for all four partners. So you know we would typically have four partners in the in the process. Um, they would be people who who the the uh, the client had wanted to be involved in the process, and hopefully they're looking at or sets of exciting possibilities that have differences between them and and you know it's always four roads you can go down and it's and it's your choice which way but whichever way you go you could end up somewhere pretty exciting that's that's ideal for us i mean inevitably there there are points where some will up a lot ahead of others in terms of the the wow factor of what they put across or or the, the kind of relationship factor um that they put across but when it comes to um, quite often at that point, it's kind of it's getting to the point where it's going to come down to a proposal, and then a proposal lands. And what we try and avoid um, getting the the client to do, and what we try and avoid to do ourselves, is to just flick to the budget page and then not not and then go back and read everything else. You know, if you, if I suppose a good proposal that's well written, a, a perfect proposal takes things through a really sen- sensible narrative. It really kind of tells a story about this is what we understand you want to do. This is the way that we tackle this. These are the things that I, th- that I think that we need to think about how we would work together. This is some of the kind of just detail you need in terms of, you know, how we'll approach data migration, what the kind of various roles and responsibilities are. These are the numbers that explain everything we've said to you to that point. Because you can jump to the numbers, come, come up with a, an idea of um, whether you think that's a fair or unfair way of budgeting for, for your problem, and then read the rest of it, and you're almost you're biased by what you've already seen. Um, so I think it's it's much better to go to go the other way round. And um, yeah, again, it's it's that it's that desire to keep an open mind until you you know until you have to filter it down. Well, then. And the kind of almost the structure that you, the ideal structure you talked about in the ITT is, is kind of almost what we're hoping that the whole process does, doesn't it? It kind of builds that picture and that you're not making a decision. You know, and, and I think it's some examples recently where we've had, you know, kind of the initial engagement meeting and we've had clients that come out of those saying, oh, it's just no, no, really turned off by that person or that approach or that whatever it might be. And then they've actually decided by the end of the process that's who they've gone with because they've, they've kind of accepted that it is not a one hit kind of if they didn't do everything we wanted them or covered everything we wanted them to in the engagement meeting they're they're out of our thinking you know it should it should kind of come back round and and ideally i think our our position as you said you know we we almost want to give them a final um set of proposals and final presentations which would follow those which are making life difficult for them to make a decision you know i mean and, and, and that's kind of almost like counterintuitive i'm sure for a lot lot of the panels that we that we work with where they're almost hoping that there's a quite a clear route that they're going to go down everybody agrees no you know no, no disagreements at all it's kind of it's obviously them that we're going to choose but it's actually the the benefit is in trying to make sure that we've put viable options in front of them right from the start and then also as they go through their thinking is changing and different priorities are coming out of, of people that look at what they can bring to the the table and and I think you know certainly that presentation that final presentation should be where it it does all come together and then you're actually kind of looking at them holistically and thinking what have they 
what have they added to the process up until this point and what have we learned and what do we want to go into a little bit more detail about and to help us make a final decision the other the other thing that I, I think is is important by that point that um any partner who's been involved has involved their team has involved a number of people across uh, from from different aspects of the organization whether it's you know the d- development element whether it's the the project manager the, you know the pre-sales person the account manager um you know quite often organizations bring in their, their ceo or, or kind of a senior representative just to show their level of commitment to, to the project but i think by if you can make sure that all of those people are are kind of on point and they've all you know what they, they know what they're talking about they're, and they're all kind of talking to the same um kind of structure then then i think you know you can have a, a panel that, that really comes away with appreciation of of what the different parts of the organization do um and also the way in which they'll interact as a, as a team and i think sometimes i think the, the where we've seen that go wrong is where an individual is the sole representative or the dominant representative of a, of a technology partner throughout the process and even if people like them and really really like them that it's a so it's a sensible question to say, well, I like them, but I don't know anybody else. I have no idea whether everybody else kind of shares their way of going about things and, and you know, talks about, you know, has the same kind of suggestion about kind of their, their culture and, and what they're like. And, you know, it, for one thing, it doesn't show that you're particularly kind of even handed with power and control. So that's probably a bit of an issue. Um, so, so yeah, no, it's nice to come away with, um, you know, kind of a broad view of, of what, you know, what they are as an organisation rather than, you know, a couple of people. And and I think that that final presentation as well, I mean, we talked about at the beginning, you know, the prep work involved and ensuring that you've made time for the process. But I think that that time is critical in terms of, you know, you are going to get maybe four very hefty, you know, pieces of, of reading to do. And that's going to then mean, you need to read through those you know everybody needs to go through it everybody needs to ensure that they they're up to speed and that they can actually go into that meeting to to look at what you want to get from the final presentation and have something to say it's my one of my pet hates when you're having the conversation and, and then people oh, I, I, I got through the first two and then i i haven't really had time for the others and it's like well you've kind of you you've given yourself then nowhere to go with an opinion you give because you're going to have less information to go on and you're going to miss out on things that maybe unfortunately you find out actually through an implementation that had you asked the questions or had you spotted something and dug deeper that you know, you could have got more clarification you may still have made the same decisions but you give yourself a head start most of the time those those responses those 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 formal write-ups are are largely put away once an implementation starts and, and in a lot of cases never referred to again so you know quite the, the value that they have at a, as a point in time is, is really critical. Yeah, I think that's really interesting, actually, what you say about, you know, their value at that point in time. And it's important to, yeah, take that time and really understand those proposals and presentations. And found it interesting what you said about proposals. Where you want to make their life difficult to make the decision. Um, and I guess, you know, going back to, to the question and the next step, I guess, then would be making that decision. Um, what would be kind of the ideal process for that the final stage then in, in the decision making piece? I I mean, I, I tactically, I don't know if this is frowned upon or not. I, I generally tactically go with um, 
when you're having that assessment afterwards you know generally generally you have more senior people on the panel but you you also have potentially you know the ceo or you have somebody who's quite obviously more senior than anybody else i i generally face to face or or remotely i would probably go to them last um for their opinion because i i have seen it in the past where i've kind of learned from you know going around a room almost in a in a in a particular order or something um backfires spectacularly because that those people you know the senior people may be just more willing to put their marker down and say i thought the other three were awful i like them and i think we'd be able to go with anybody else asking somebody then who's you know several layers below a ceo right okay great do you agree with that or not or what are your thoughts is is just incredibly tough and i think kind of unfair for somebody to kind of give an opinion like that but it's very common in the past when i've seen it um and it, it it just means that you're 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 essentially just funneling everybody down the same route somebody's maybe going to be brave enough to say actually i really liked so and so but they usually can be at that very quickly i think but i but i appreciate you know i have i don't know the same things that you do and so i i, I would always kind of always actively go in the opposite direction whatever that might be you know for for ensuring that you get as many different viewpoints as you can in that discussion before you go to kind of the person that will almost always say hey i'm not here as a a, you know the ultimate decision maker but my my opinion is as balanced as anyone else's and then you see everybody scanning each other's eyes as they're as they're giving their opinion so it's i think there's a tactic to that which i personally i recommend i don't know if reese you would you would say nothing counter to that (laughs) a hundred percent yeah, no, I think that, you know, if you, if you really want to kind of uh, close down the conversation, then you can get the, the kind of <laughs> the senior, senior person to speak first. And then, you get yeah, a meeting think, done in about 10 minutes, which is the other flip side benefit of it. But And you might as well have not done the process. But, well, you know, exactly. You know, yeah. if, if you want to do that, you can do. Um, I think it's, I suppose, something that, that we've generally worked to do through, the, through this point, And it's something that I think, you know, our, our consultants are very good at is trying to level up the people in the room so that everybody has a platform to speak, everybody has a has a right to have an opinion. And uh, I think, you know, it is, a, it is a challenging process. You know, you're assessing four different, four different partners across multiple kind of threads of information. So you've got the references, you've got the proposal, you've got the demos, you've got the engagement meeting, you've then got the presentation. There's a lot of like evidence in there to base your decision on. And that's coming in from from the four different parties in four different directions. And, and one of the things that you know that, that that's very much on us is to is to try and um, pull that together where we can and make it more 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 digestible and more coherent. You can't do that if people don't have enough time to take on board what they need to take on board, and enough you know enough time to be able to think about it and and have thought about it before they they come into the room. I think it's then we try and create a structure within the meeting that allows allows um it's like fact to win out over some you know some people's opinions because some people you know some some things come up in those meetings where you can be in you could have been in every single meeting and someone's reached a particular conclusion that is very left field you know i interpreted from this thing they said and that thing i said that um this particular thing is true and that's factual and you, you have to go oh, okay, man, i really don't think that i'm not sure when this i don't think that's the case so quite often it's it's about letting everybody have their opinions but not letting having people present opinions as fact mm. 
uh, and then make it have a, a, a like have an overbearing element in in the conversation. So I think a lot of the um, a lot of the aspects of of that particular kind of decision conversation is is about doing exactly that, letting letting the the kind of the facts and the the kind of the realities play out, letting everybody have a say, everybody have a voice. Make sure you're talking through all the different aspects that should be considered quite methodically, but you know not to spend half an hour on it, but to make sure that there's time to, to go through all the all the information so that, you know, you want people leaving the room feeling like we've really gone through a process that's that's took us in lots of different places, but we've been able to take it on board. We've been able to kind of, we've done it very methodically. We've had a tough decision, but we've made it for the right reasons and, and now we're excited about the next step. But that's, that's the ideal uh, outcome um, and I think the the other kind of side outcome from that is and we all may not have disagreed about every single aspect of every conversation but we're all good in terms of how it's worked out and how we've got there because that that's the thing that you need to carry out into the rest of the organization that we made a decision because of what we've learned we feel like it's the right it may not be the perfect decision there will be bumps in the road but we feel it's the right decision based on this process and we will not go outside and say, well, I didn't make the decision. It was that guy over there. It, that doesn't that doesn't work. Um, so it does need to be a it needs to be a true, true consensus. Really. And I, th- I think there's the the honesty factor, which is one that, you know, I think we we need from clients as well in that meeting of the of the understanding of of maybe how they would like to work and how their culture, they love their culture to be and. You know, I think that's that's one of the other challenges I think we see is when you have been presented with a certainly I think this more comes into kind of methodology of you know how how a partner works and you know and whether that's agile or whatever it might be. But that idea that you can as a as a panel you can be honest enough about your own limitations as an organization. So we, we would absolutely love to work like that. But we've tried it and we can't and it's not this is not the project to kind of use it as a bit of a pilot and then there are others which i think you know who actually do they're honest enough about the, the situation that they're they're in or they've been through and they're open of the challenges and they want to take that on and i think that's equally healthy but i think there are a few that spring to mind where they've they've almost dismissed everything that we know of them and they've said themselves about the way they operate and the way that they engage and the way that their their teams engage and they they're making a choice where them they they are going to they're going to really struggle to kind of step up to the plate but there's almost an expectation well that's kind of the the tech partners responsibility to make it work for us and i think that's that's i i it's certainly ones that i've been in where i'm 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 not kind of fearful is maybe a bit bit too strong but just certainly concerned whether they're making a a really honest informed decision or whether they're just making a decision that's going to be presentable or more presentable because they they can avoid having to say we 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 wanted to go this route but actually we decided to go this route instead because of our own limitations or or our own concerns in other areas that you know probably are less palatable to talk about so I think it's it's a very and I think as we know it's a good couple of hours conversation. It's not it isn't hopefully you know a ten minute um, chat. So yeah, there's a lot lot to kind of dig through for people to make a good decision at the end of it. 
Yeah, no, that's um, really interesting. What you say, it's like a, it is a challenging process and there's, you get lots of information, as you say, at all different stages and, and it's really taking the time to think about, consider, you know, um, look at the facts, like you said, um, and really make sure it is, it is going to be the right decision for you. Um, just conscious that brings us, you know, to the end of, end of this podcast today. So um, I just want to thank you again, Reese and Chris, for joining us today. I think we packed in lots there. Um, so hopefully there's some really insightful things to take away for our audience today. So yeah, thank you for taking part and taking the time. Thank you. So we do hope you enjoyed that episode. It was really great to sit and chat with Chris and Reese and to hear their advice and guidance on what an ideal partner selection process looks like and how you can actually get the, the get the best out of the process. Is there anything in particular you picked up, Rob? I think um, there were a number of, of good points that they made in there. Uh, it lived up to its billing really, that like hearing what they, what they think about it overall. I think a couple of the early points about um making sure that you know as a client make sure you've got time you know and you allocate time and you dedicate time um equally from both sides as in both the client and partner to to enter into it in the right spirit you know to be open-minded to be honest um to accept that you're both going to learn as you go and that's good that's the idea of it really um so they were really good points early on and then i think the as further down i mean the points throughout but the other one that really struck home was about making sure that everyone was involved in the final decision and everybody assesses all of the information they picked up throughout the process you know it's not just oh they were the best final presentation we'll take them and dominated by the most influential voices you know very much a collegiate effort and bringing together everything that they've learned throughout the process so yeah those were the big points for me yeah, definitely. It was really good to get their perspective on it, um, actually, and we packed quite a lot into that episode, so it was really good. <laughs> so um, if you do enjoy, if you do enjoy the episode, be sure to leave us a review and even better still, subscribe so you'll get notified of the latest episodes. Don't forget, you can follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter by searching at HeartSquare, where you will find lots more content on the themes of leadership, digital culture and capability. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Okay.